Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I walk, I'm walking, and she said, oh, he spoke to you. I'm like, who? Turn around, it was OJ. <laughs> hey, Max, hey. <laughs> like... Hey, how you he doing? He said, Max. Yeah, he's with a white girl. Shock. I want to say, bitch, you need to run. <laughs> the big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. Run up out of here, girl. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You tripping? You fuck around, get yourself killed. You you tripping up in here right now? All right, so Max calls me first thing in the morning. Has this great idea for an episode, and it's called "In a Split Second." And Max, I'm gonna let you explain exactly what you mean by that because it's a great idea. I can't wait to get started. Well, well, the thing was, I I saw this this morning. I don't know why I woke up this morning thinking about uh, things. You normally don't have your dreams. But that one held on to me. And I just started thinking about it in a split second, kind of what happens in, in life. And I was thinking about some of the most horrific things that have ever happened. To me, it would have been 9-11. I think we both, were, you know, both talked about that. Agreed, yeah. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, just the just the drama, the circumstances, you know, all the things that happened to change this country in a way that we would, you know, don't even believe now. Uh, but then I was thinking, like, well, what was sports related that we think about that could have been TikTok, TikTok? And for me, it was OJ, the verdict mm-hmm. that day. I was, I think that was a, a pucker butt effect for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody held their breath and they did not know what really to do. I think they all looked at it like, oh my God, what, you know. This is going to you know, actually go down. And I remember trying to get to certain areas and it was so I could actually see it live. They could hear the response live from other people. And um, by the time I got to the, they ended up getting to the um, airport and there were people there. And it was just a shock and awe. It was just like a glaze was over the entire country for that particular day. And then you look back on those moments and you go, you can see just, we, I think we'll even have a little tape on it, just how polarized mm. the country was for that particular moment. No, not sports related, but OJ Simpson was a sportsman that, that, you know, we always thought about the great football player and then guy doing the commercials then doing the movies and then eventually now just his reputation was absolutely destroyed and the craziest thing about it i mean after all that happened two things connected one was i um after the verdict it was maybe four months later uh i found myself i was in, on a don all things in a donald trump property down at the Doral country club in florida in a steam room 
and it was uh, Black Enterprise. Black Enterprise Magazine had a celebrity tennis and golf tournament. And across from me in the steam room was me and Johnny Cochran. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what in the world? How could, you know, that happen? You know, that, and I just spoke to him. It was something normal. I didn't ask him anything about the trial because I know he didn't want to hear that. But it was like so many people who were at that celebrity tournament just had this, um, I don't know, see, they saw Johnny Cochran and uh, just this, I don't know. Somebody who protected or who somebody who won a case, one of the most dramatic cases of all time in our country when we start thinking about it. What did you guys talk about? What did you ask him about it? Oh, we didn't even talk about the trial. We, we were just talking about the golf tournament in particular. And, you know, so ironic, maybe four years later, I'm uh, down at the Atlantis uh, um, Resort in the Bahamas. And uh, I'm walking by a gentleman and the lady I was with at the time said, he spoke to you. I was like, who? I turned around, it was OJ. He was with, oh, a, young, he was with a young white girl at the time. Well, girl, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, he's like, hey, yeah. he's like, it's like, Cornbread, how you doing? What's going on? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it was, it, it was. You didn't uh, give her a, a, a no, ticket yourself. <laughs> nothing like that. I just kind of spoke to him and we, we, we you know, we kind of kept it moving. But it was just so ironic how, you know, I end up seeing OJ and the seeing white Johnny Cochran oh, yeah, oh, okay. at, at, that, at that particular time. That's wild, man. I, my favorite documentary is easily, hands down, the 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. Made in America, O.J. Simpson Made in America documentary. I mean, to this day, I must have rewatched it about three or four times. I have to watch it like at least every like six or seven months because I'm just, it's just, I'm so fascinated by it. And obviously, I was too young at the time. I didn't understand the magnitude of it. I mean, yeah. I remember it going on. I remember people talking about it and the and the jokes you heard or whatever as you saw, like the whether it was the skits or the uh, you know sitcoms or whatever, mm-hmm. making references constantly, making references to it. But once I really understood it, and once by watching this documentary and honestly watching others, and I've watched a bunch of documentaries on it, I just what I get from it is just this country was completely divided because oh, of this case. It was What it, was that like? What, what was it, like It was incredible just to be around to see people of color when the verdict was read, you would have thought that they'd hit the lottery mm. because they were just jumping and screaming. They would go to these black schools and down south like um uh, they would go to Morehouse and mm-hmm. they were at Howard University in D.C. and they would see all the, the kids were holding hands and praying. You see, you know, groups of black people praying and, you know, watching little TVs and stuff like that. And when the verdict was read, they just jumped up and started cheering. The exact opposite look on people who weren't of color, mm-hmm. who just sat there and they were absolutely stunned. And it was it it. It literally divided this country almost right down racial lines. And people don't realize that three years before that, that was the whole thing with Rodney King mm-hmm. in L.A. Mm-hmm. that happened. Everybody said, well, it happened after. No, Rodney King happened actually before, before. O.J. Right. and all the things that happened during during the riots and all mm-hmm. that. So that's, that's nothing, too, that, that's highlighted in that documentary. It's, yeah. like the, it's the things that happened or that unfolded before this, which all played a part yeah you know there was a um there was a killing uh what was it um i think it was like a like a 12 year no 16 or 14 year old girl 
she was killed in a convenience store because she tried to steal, and and the woman got off on that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it was. A, I think she was Korean, I believe. Yeah, just mm-hmm, these cases mm-hmm. where, you know, it just added fuel to the fire for this huge case that took place, obviously, right there in L.A. Right? Yeah, all it, that happened. Yeah, I mean, it really did in L.A. And just to see the ramifications of all those things at the time was absolutely amazing. Where did you see the verdict? Uh, I was actually in my car. And I heard it on the radio. And I had one of those moments where I'm driving like, and, you know, I I think that everybody inhaled. Mm -hmm. And then when the verdict was read, everybody exhaled. Uh, Then you go further, tick tock, tick tock. To me, the next one that I looked at was Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. His announcement saying that he had uh, acquired the AIDS virus. Because of the... The HIV virus that I have attained, uh, I will have to retire from the Lakers uh, today. And I just remember how the country seemed like, again, they just stopped. Mm-hmm. And no way, you know, what they believe gays, people who were gay were the ones mm-hmm. who had the HIV virus. There's no way that you can have one of the best players, one of the most recognizable athletes in the world, all of a sudden come down with this. Mm-hmm. And people just couldn't believe it. And, you know, everybody thought it was, you know, they thought that pretty much that was, and I did, you know, thought like other guys said that, that you know, Magic Johnson's going to die a horrible, horrible death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he became a champion of the whole the, the thing about, you know, how to combat it, how to fight it. And it was just as weird because, remember, he played in a, a couple of games. It was an all-star game. Carl Malone refused to play in that game mm-hmm. or, or question about playing that game because it was like, you know, what happens if Magic gets cut? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to do? And I mm-hmm. think he ended up getting a cut on his finger or something, and people just absolutely freaked out. Right. So to, to see that one, that was the second one for me that I looked down and said that was that TikTok moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, moving forward, and I think this is where you and I have a connection, was the marathon bombing. Yeah, yeah. That's my moment, mm-hmm. definitely, if you're for connecting sports. You know, mm-hmm. that just changed everything. You know, I was down there uh, working. So I, <clears throat> before I became the Celtics writer at WEI, I used to work in the uh, promotions department. So it was promotions and marketing. It was the, the street team. And we, we go every year to the marathon. They, they still do it to this, to this day. And uh, I was there doing that. We were going to be there until 3 o'clock. And the craziest part about it, besides obviously what happened, was how close I was going to be to the finish line. I'm trying to get there, but there was just so many people. And for some reason, I couldn't get through. And I remember, I'll never forget this feeling. It was as if, like, like people were just, there was a wall in front of me, and I couldn't get through. And then when I looked behind me, I felt almost like a pressure. Like, there's just too many people around. I felt so uncomfortable, man. I just got out of there. Thank God I did, obviously. You know, because we saw what happened about no less than about 20 minutes after. Yeah, I was. And, and I was closer than that. I was actually at the finish line. And, That's uh, crazy. And I was, I walked away maybe, it couldn't have been no more than 10 minutes before the bomb exploded. Because I was at, um, I was at the finish line. I got a little cold. I don't know, felt a little clammy. And I remember just walking to Nordstrom's Rack, which is, Maybe around a block away, mm-hmm. uh, go upstairs, pick up a pair of shoes, and all of a sudden I hear that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like a cannon sound. 
And I was like, oh my God, what? You know, and, and we all went to the window. But myself, I, I thought they were doing a, uh, you know, blowing a cannon. They mm -hmm. were shooting off a cannon for the Hoyts. The guy who has a, a son that has special needs, he runs in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. I thought that's what they were. But then, you know, maybe... 20 seconds later you hear the second and I actually come out and we everybody it's really strange everybody was still shopping in Nordstrom's Rack I finally pay my bill come out the front I take a right going back down towards uh, the finish line because I wanted to know what happened mm -hmm. and whatever what happened then somebody must have said run and all of a sudden thousands of people start running right towards me it was like and it was like somebody was yeah. behind him with a gun. Mm -hmm. And what I remember about that is just like sitting there and going, I actually ran back in myself thinking like, well, what's going on? Right. And then I came back out and I, I went the other way, coming back down towards the uh, Boston Commons. Mm -hmm. I see a police officer that I knew and he said, I said, man, what's going on? He said, Max, go home. I said, what's, what happened? He said, there was an explosion down there. I said, explosion? He said, yeah. He said, I said, anybody get hurt? He said, a couple people got killed. And I come home, uh, maybe an hour later, I come into my apartment, I turn the TV on, and very close to where I was standing, it still gives me chills today, very close to where I was standing, there was an explosion. And I, I remember a woman who was standing near me, before I left, she had on an Ethiopian uh, garb, and I remember seeing her on a gurney, them, you know, kind of wheeling the way. She was bloodied and stuff like that. So it was just one of those moments, you know, and, and I'm going to digress because, you know, we talked about we went to 9-11 and that to me was it wasn't a sports moment, but a non-sports whatever moment kind of connected to me when George Bush, mm -hmm. the president at that time. Um, goes to uh, Ground Zero and said, well, the, the people who blew this building down, they're going to hear from us. But the moment that I was talking about from a sports standpoint, if I ever got a chance to talk to the former president, I'd ask him how it felt going before 60,000 people with a bulletproof vest on, going to a mound and throwing a seed right mm -hmm. down the middle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with, a, it's like a, with a bulletproof vest on. And the, the moment was just so surreal. And the way he looked at the crowd and the crowd was into him, I will never forget that particular moment tied in with 9-11. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you saw the response from, from the sports world. Yeah, and, it was just... It was, I, I, I love that about this country. That's what I love, that everyone can come together with sports. I mean, sports is just that common... You know, it's just we all had that in common. We all obviously people cheer for different we did. teams, but then you see everyone come together. Whether you're a liberal, whether you're a we, conservative, we did. We don't have that anymore, though. Do you understand that that's not like that? Because now, even to the point where LeBron James is talking about, you know, how the president was using sports to divide people. Mm. That to me is absolutely appalling to yeah. me. I mean, I I I knew this when you know. Things happen that, and then you see some of the issues that go on from there. But you know that's a whole another issue that we can probably talk about some other time. But mm -hmm. it's just really um, you talk about being a uniting a uniting force. Mm -hmm. You know, sports. Well, that that day has come and that day is now gone. That's awful, Max. Mm -hmm. I hate that. Though. Yeah, man, it's awful. Mm -hmm.
I mean, you talk about the Boston Marathon and, and seeing people come together. I'll never forget going to the game where Ortiz made the famous This Is Our Fucking City. Yeah. Max, that was such a special day to me. I was there. Put my seed. <laughs> you know, quote, put my seed. <laughs> Yo, what? Yo, what'd you say? <laughs> what'd you say? This is, not, this is my fucking seed. <laughs> my seed. Yo, what? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> man, I was there, and man, like like I said, first I was emotional, and then he said that. Everybody cracked up. Everyone's just going. Everyone just cheered like yeah. as loud as I can remember that place cheering that were before a baseball game, just screaming. Man, it was just this huge ovation. And I remember walking away, and there was an officer over by one of the gates. And I just remember I just shook his hand because you know obviously I was I was there. And while I'm running and, and trying to get the hell out of there, they're going the opposite way. Yeah. And I, I had a, a like a newfound respect for the uh, the, the first responders and, and and you know officers that sprung into action. There was, there was a, that fire department that's right there, firehouse yeah. man. The, the, the way things you talk about TikTok, the way things changed. Those guys were hanging around, laughing, smoking cigars, and all of a sudden they just sprung into the action, action. racing I mean, down, but that, and, and down I guess Boylston. That's, I guess that's why you say in your lifetime we talked about the Mount Rushmore thing, but I think that's why you think that David Ortiz is in that that conversation. That conversation. Absolutely, you know, and, and then that was the year they won it all. They had no business winning it, and then the, what he did from for from bringing for putting the city mm-hmm. kind of on his back right. during that time to kind of yeah bring it back. I, right. I understand that. I thought he was a uh, you know, I, I just. You know, you and I laugh, and then I, I said that to you, which I thought was one of the funniest things, is when you know of what you call him, you, what you you never call him, you know, Big Pop. Oh no, I don't do that, man. Why? No, you know the translation of that? I know what it is. Yeah. Would you ever call a, another man Big Daddy? No, what? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what. Like that's what it is. Taylor say, you know, I said one of his boys said to him one time, say, you can just call me delicious. delicious. <laughs> Know all the man delicious, but I mean, how many times? But you know how many you say that? But your culture. If a man told you, "Hey, yo, call me dad." No, look, you gonna call look, that dude dad? How many people in you know? And you are, would you say Hispanic consent? What would you say? Yeah, I'm Honduran. Now, both I, my parents are so. Are you so you're in that that vein? But do you people who are in that vein do they? What do they call them? They just say Ortiz. They don't say no Ortiz. They say Ortiz. They don't say Ortiz. Well, <laughs> they say Ortiz. They, don't. they call him Big Poppy. How many times have I seen people <laughs> scream out, Poppy, Big Latinos? Poppy. Yeah. Latino, Latino. Occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. No, I was at an event with him uh, up in Lowell one time, and he walked in, and boy, people just say, Poppy, Big Poppy. <laughs> I mean, it was, and it was, and you know, Lowell, that community up there. Yeah, that's true. Is, is, a lot of my people are up there. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, that's all they, I, I, everybody, ain't nobody say Ortiz, everybody say Poppy. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not sure where you might stand differently. <laughs> that's just my thing. But yeah, maybe it's your thing, that's my but thing, yeah. I think that everybody else in this, I mean, how many, what is he known as in this city? <laughs> yeah, that's his nickname, yeah. Bam, that, Big Poppy. When you said, right. <laughs> Big Bobby. Did you say that when you when you first met him? You probably did. I probably did. <laughs> nah, you know who you know. It's like hey, there. I don't know. If, I don't know. I he used to I, go to a lot of you games. You know what? He used to, I he used to rock that. the. Uh, I wouldn't say that. He used to rock the Ray Allinger. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I think I've caught when I saw him. I did. I said David. 
I called him David because yeah. I would call most people by their. That's a grown ass man. I would call, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would call most people by their first name, whoever it was. I mean, like I wouldn't call Paul Pierce the truth. I right. Mean, wouldn't right. say hey truth or nothing like that. No, it's Paul. Yeah. You know, it was something like that. And if I he would, asked you to call him delicious, you wouldn't do that. Oh either. God, please. So I think that there are are ways that you look at stuff and you're going, uh, that I'm not doing. I, I wouldn't be that at all. And before he said that, they had shown like a like a video montage of just what happened and people that we lost, you know, on on April fifteenth, and it was the, the the Hallelujah song. I forget the guy's name that sings it, but man, it it, it brought me to tears. Like I was I was emotional. I I couldn't I can't even describe it exactly that, like how I felt, other than just saying I was it was just I was drunk. How that sporting event turn this city into something else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the words Boston strong right. right to people at the game mm-hmm. to survivors to the uh, first responders it was a time that it's I so, will never moving. forget right. because you said I was I happened to be there mm-hmm. you know and then I yeah then I go from there I say TikTok. And I look at another event that happened to me, and, and this one is kind of typical Cedric Maxwell. Uh, the Democratic National Convention was here in Boston. 2004. 2004. Right. Yep, yep. And I am there. I'm there in the um, in in the Boston Garden. And I get a little tired. So I said, you know, I think I'm going to go home. I, you know, leave. There was some guy going to speak. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'll go home. And I walk out the door. I come home. As soon as I get home, somebody said, man, did you hear that speech? I'm like, what speech? There was a guy named... Uh, Barrick? Obama. <laughs> Barrick Obama. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't. They, nobody could get it out. <laughs> right. I was there, and I left before the doggone speech. Yeah, Max. And so, I mean... <laughs> that, that's, that's, that was another, the beginning of it all, man. Yeah, but again, <laughs> it just shows me how, especially in this city... How I have touched different parts of history. The marathon bombing, Barack Obama mm. starting to make his first real public appeal right here right. in Boston. It was just, you know, there, there are times in my life that I look at it going, man, that is absolutely crazy. And, you know, and who I am and how you connect it, you know, between those two mm-hmm. particular things, which mm-hmm. is crazy. And that was at the, again, not a sporting event, but held at a venue at the Boston Garden, right. that's a sporting place yeah. that connected it somehow all together. Yeah, while he's speaking, your number was right above him. <laughs> Didn't put it that way. You know what? I'm trying to think, was it then? They retired you in 03. Wow. I hadn't there. thought about that. Yeah, yeah I, I had not thought about that's that. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about it being at that time. And you're the last number, too. Yeah, at yeah, yeah. that time. Most recent until, one. Until that stiff Paul Pierce got in there. Yeah, that guy Paul. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, you, you just beat him. Just beat him in. He always <laughs> tells me, right there, my number's going to be retired for yours. He told, used to tell me that as a player. But uh, I remember that night he was saying that. He was saying that on, uh, on TV. It, yeah, yeah, I think that was the funniest thing about Paul when he did say that was, which if, if there was one time to be upset, that would have been it. When they said to Paul, he said, uh, Paul, when did you uh, know that you're probably going to get your number retired? He said, when Cedric Maxwell got his retired, <laughs> I knew I was getting my retired. <laughs> I was like, here's Paul, still kicking him. He's my boy, but man, you just think about how that is just as, you know. I, that, the one thing I did have over him, I should say, tell him all the time. I said, but dude, you, you're a pretty good player. You're really good. 
I said, yeah, no, I was a good player. I was a great player. I said, but they, your number's not retired or nothing. So you- <laughs> oh, he was hot when I used to say that. So when I finally had to go to an event that they were retiring his jersey, I actually was in the audience and they asked me to come up and I had a glass with me. And I think people thought I actually had a drinking problem. But I took my glass with me so I could get up to the podium. And when I was talking, I said, you know, I've always teased Paul Pierce about not being, you know, uh, up in the in the rafters, in the rafters with, uh, you know, all the greats. And then I put my glass up that had the champagne. And I said, here's to you. And everybody said, oh, that's why he had it. That was your prop. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was my prop. But people thought, like... Man, still got a drinking problem. He got to drinking carry, all yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, got to carry his thing up. <laughs> still got champagne. Like they're gonna give you some more, dude. So, yeah, those those were were moments that you you think back. Even think about this. You know, we talk about moments that happen in even in this city or elsewhere. You know, another great moment in sports to me, I always say, and and this is before you was the Ali Frazier fight one, mm, which yeah. was at Madison Square Garden, again. The country stopped. The country was divided, but they were. It was a. a it was a healthy divide right. between two, you know, champions. One champion and one, you know, former champion, and or as he said, the people's champ. Right. And um. And and the country. Wow, I'm telling Joe, if you had been around for that, the celebrities that went to that particular thing, it was. I, I just remember. You know, all the great actors and the actresses and, and football players and bas- everybody had to be there for that particular fight. And it turned out to be one of the greatest fights maybe ever that was in our lifetime. Who'd you watch it with? Uh, I actually didn't watch it because I was a young man then. I was in uh, Kinston, North Carolina, and just they, they, they would tell you round by round what happened. And then I remember seeing in the 15th, Muhammad Ali had got knocked down by Joe Frazier and then Joe Frazier ended up getting the decision and it was just but then you looked at Frazier and you're going who won? because <laughs> I mean his head was just knotted it was just knotted up from all the punches that Ali had hit him with it was absolutely unbelievable and I had an event with Joe Frazier um, down at the, it was so it was the Superstars competition where Joe Frazier almost drowned because they had the events, they had four or five events that you get in. There was you, you could. There was weightlifting. There was running. There was <coughs> there was um, bowling. There was golf. Something else. I mean, but Joe Frazier happened to get in the swimming event and dove in the pool without knowing how to swim, and the lifeguards had to go get him. <laughs> so again, another he, another he connection. He thought that he could just pull it off on the fly. I guess he did. He was a, he was an athlete. I thought he said I could beat water. I can be the man. I, I can beat water. But you realize you can't fight water unless you know how to swim. So yeah, they had to actually go in and get him out of the damn pool that time. This superstar competition. I will always remember. I think I came in dead last. I won a couple. I won a couple of events. I think I came in third in running, and surprisingly, the the one time I hadn't bowled maybe like twice in my life. I bowled like a, a two twenty. The first time I'd ever bowled, and the guy who was trying to win it, 
he was so mad at me uh, because he was like, why is he? He has an advantage. Look at his long, arm, long arms. And he and I was just throwing strike after strike. I have hater. not bowled that. I have not bowled that way since that particular day. <laughs> what a hater. Damn. Now that again. You had him upset, that, huh? Again, TikTok, TikTok moment. And I want to say that had to be 1981. Right after the Celtics, after, right after we won the championship, mm-hmm. and uh, I was the Finals MVP. MVP yeah. So they were bringing, you know, the, what they called the superstars in sports were coming down to these events. But uh, and it was just a great connection because I had, uh, I was trying to. Uh, it was five guys were in hitting the ball to the pin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was over there, man. I was swinging as hard as I could. My golf ball wasn't going no place. And then up comes and taps me on the shoulder was Metal Arc Lemon who played for the Harlem Gold Drivers said man you got to keep your eye on the ball <laughs> so I kept my eye on the ball my first at the first time I get up I hit one and lands right on the green and from then on everything else went to water but I was just so happy just to get it you know over there instead of getting that you know a five-foot dribbler right so right. that that was another moment where you go and you know as that clock was ticking about things that happened to you this episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by good friends over at Blue Chew. Right now, when you head over to bluechew.com and enter the promo code MAXWELL, you'll get your first shipment absolutely free when you use the promo code MAXWELL. All you have to pay for is $5 for the shipping. And trust me, you don't want to miss out on this opportunity, fellas. Yeah, you don't. I mean, we're not talking about chewing gum. We're talking about adult chewing gum. And uh, if you want a little extra pep in your step, then uh, I suggest that you follow through. You know, I, uh, I tried it, and uh, whoo, man, there was some happy, <laughs> there was some two happy people in the room. Again, that is bluechew.com. Blue, just like the color, bluechew.com. Enter the promo code Maxwell just for listening to this podcast. Your first shipment is absolutely free. Only five dollars are asking for. For shipping so and ladies and ladies, you can go get it for your men too. That's right. You know, you're not. You just can't use it yourself, but you give it to your man. Maybe that's what you want to enhance his performance. Bluechew.com. Enter the promo code Maxwell. Only five dollars for shipping. First shipment is absolutely free. There was another TikTok moment. The TikTok moment was you know when when the Patriots were down twenty eight to three. Incredible. That was like that. I don't you think you said they had back two back to back moments no. actually. Because don't forget that the interception, Malcolm yeah. Butler. Yeah, I remember that. TikTok but, man. Yeah, but that, that changed but, everything. Yeah, but the odds of you winning that game. Yeah, you want being down twenty eight three. Atlanta would never be the same again. They made that, t- fran- that franchise would never be the same. They made again. t-shirts from that. Just the, just that score. Absolutely. That's crazy. And people and that's a rallying cry yeah. for people around here. But you, can't, I can't even imagine. You know what? Because I remember the the owner for. The Falcons being on the sidelines. No, he went downstairs. He went to the lower bowl. Yeah, <laughs> he was pumping his fists and on the floor, on the, on the, you know, down on the field and doing all that stuff. And all they had to do was that one play was when he got sacked and put him out of the field goal range. Yeah, yeah. And he had to kick the field goal and they would have won easily. But he... You know, and you knew once they tied, it was over. Oh, it was over. Oh, it was done. Once it went to overtime, it was, it was like done. That's, that's, that's it. It. it was done. It was a done deal. You're you're in their head at that point. I mean, it was like done. Kansas City. You knew that whoever I thought whoever got that ball at the end was going to be the winning team. Yeah. You know, Brady, 
to his credit, marched down. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I don't even think there are words anymore to say for Tom Brady when you think about his athletic achievement. Because if you think as much as, and gosh, I love Russell and his athletic achievement. Those two guys, it seems to me, and I and I, w- I could be sacrilegious here because of the championships that Russell won. Mm-hmm. But, man, aren't they on the same plane? Absolutely. I mean, aren't they on the same plane? Just, this man winning, dominating a sport. Me winning yeah. that many championships. And then the biggest thing about Tom Brady is the longevity mm-hmm. that he's had mm-hmm. at that position. And he's watched the game evolve and change around him. Russell played for, what, 12 years, 11, 12, maybe 13 years. Where's Brady at now? How many years is this for him? You know, now? we talked about Vince Carter before and playing in three decades. He's about to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got drafted yeah. in 2000. Yeah, and he, he will play. And will he play? And the Patriots aren't even thinking about him yeah. not playing. Because he's still playing at a high level. Yeah, they're not even saying that. Well, we need to draft a quarterback. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we we good. We we all, we all set. <laughs> Man, this guy's wrong. They already, they already traded away. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, the the one that was going to take Garoppolo. over. Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how old is how old is Brady? Now? Brady's forty one. Forty one. That's yeah. a long time in a game like that. That's so competitive, and for him to be, I don't know. And this is a funny thing. I don't know who's the slowest. Him or Larry Bird. <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, Larry was slow as Christmas, but he just got it done. Tom Brady. I think, I think everyone holds their breath whenever he runs. When out Tom of pocket. Brady when he's out of the pocket, running, it seems it, he runs like a Clydesdale. I mean, and with those shoes on, the white thing, he, he reminds me of the, the Clydesdales running. Larry at times I remember like you know wasn't the speed, but he got there. Right. And those were amazing things about those particular guys. Oh four Red Sox. I can't forget about that man. No, it's hard to forget about that. But down zero to three, TikTok. Tick, that was TikTok. But you know, you can TikTok all you want to. We don't even really remember who they beat for the World, <laughs> the Series. World Series. We don't even know. <laughs> it's like I'm thinking about it now. Who did they beat? I have no idea who they beat for the it's World St. Series. Louis, St. Louis. Okay, they beat yeah. St. Louis. Okay, yeah. I didn't yeah. even know who they but, beat. But the celebration didn't it, it, it paled in comparison to when they beat the, the, yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. When they beat the Yankees, man. Well, Max, you, I, yeah. I followed that entire series. Yeah. I wasn't sleeping. We were, you know, I was in school at the time, man. People were just exhausted. Everyone was thinking about it. You know, no one wanted to like jinx it. Once they won one, okay, just don't get swept, right? And then they won the second one. It's like. All right, you know, you took care of business at you know in, in Boston. Go back to New York. It's probably going to end there, but hey, you know, four two is not bad. When they won the third time, no, everyone in school was just quiet. No one even wanted to be like, yo, they might do this. Everyone was just like, yeah, game's crazy, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Ortiz walk off again. Yeah, you know, so, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens in you know game seven. Yeah, I I played them one in those. game seven. Man. I played in that, and that to me in New York is the biggest stage that you can have. We can talk about. A Super Bowl, and that's what to me for for my career is my crowning moment would be of being a Finals MVP, because in a Super Bowl you can have one good game mm-hmm. and nobody ever knew who you were. You'd <laughs> be like, who was that? And they they you know. So, but in a seven game series, you have to be cons- consistent mm-hmm. from point A to point B to Z, and that to me was. <laughs> The, the, the difference when you start thinking about guys and how they play and how they perform 
those are the the, the the standards when you think about a seven game series the seventh game the deciding game of anything like that to me is crazy mm-hmm. and I just remember playing against the Lakers in 1984 and being like there's a nine o'clock tip off which is crazy nine o'clock tip off here in Boston so the whole country was viewing that game and you know the game that I had 20 24 eight and eight and you know climb on my back that is what you know legends are made of did I mean it I was like how it just came out you know me saying that and um, but you playing the seventh game like that for all the marbles I'm telling you, you see more pucker factors in a game like that than any other game did you feel like your teammates were sort of just like discouraged or they were kind of out of it that like what forced you to, to say that to them why did you feel like it had to be said? Because I, I had been the finals MVP. Nobody on that team had been the finals MVP except mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I was that dude. I felt like I was that dude. So at that point, it was like, okay. Like, and then I was mad at James Worthy anyway. So, you know, I took it upon myself to go, I'm, I'm going at this dude. Now, it ain't nothing and ain't a damn thing he can do about it. All he can do is just like, oh, whatever. And so I, I, it's a seventh game is like the, one of the most thrilling things or, you know, or, or you know, even the Super Bowl moment, I guess, you know, like the, the last second drive or, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, how Tom Brady squealed that time when the interception happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. It's like, it was like, it, it sounded like, a, you know, a, a little girl, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in a seventh game, in those pressure situations, my God, it's just unbelievable. There was a guy who was in, in the 28-3. There was a guy who was just running down the street in Boston. I didn't even know who won the game. I was going to my daughter's house to do TV that night. And um, and there was a guy just running down the street just screaming. He just screaming. That's so all I know. That's so all I knew. The pass said one. He was just screaming, yelling. He was. He ran. He was running down Columbus Ave. So I was like, "Wow!" It just shows you, you know, the the, the power of sports. It shows you that and beating the odds, like how remarkable it truly is. You know, like, yeah. that's what I got from the old fourth thing. Like, man, you believe in something. This is my whole thing, right? I believed in this team. I was like, man, this team is better than the Yankees. They had the full bullpen finally because in 03, that was a problem. They didn't have the closer. So, okay, they have the closer now. They have the best two duo at bat between Manny and, and Ortiz. And they're down 03, but I'm just like, yeah, this team is better. Like, like it's, it's almost as if, like, look, if I believe this and if I'm holding on to every pitch and if I just keep that faith, and that was the saying, actually, that, was, that year, keep the faith, that these guys are going to do it. Yeah. And then they did it. And they you pulled it what? off. Like, it's incredible how sports can can do that. It's like you, you're paid off for that faith. Yeah, you're paid off for that. But when you think about it, you look back on certain athletes in this city who have gone through here. Will Manny ever get the credit he deserved no as one of the no. best hitters one of the no. most dangerous hitters no. ever to play in the game Manny is probably one of probably, Pedro's got Pedro got my attention onto baseball but Manny kept me glued to the screen like the way this guy the way he his, his swing I mean just the most beautiful swing you've ever seen his 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 swag his, he had that chain he had you know he had the, 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 the dreads bouncing off his back when he was rounding the bases after hitting one out he hit the way he flipped the bat oh man like, this dude had swag man he had style yeah. it was it was guys like him that, that made me but he in, so into baseball but, and I never even played baseball but, he, just will, but he will be that one guy that we can think has 
and to a degree has fallen through the cracks. But yes, yes, to a certain extent. But I think the saying "time heals all." You're starting to see that a little bit. Whenever he comes back to Boston, you're seeing, you're hearing more ovations, you're hearing it. And people can say, okay, well, you know, Manny's trying to make it to the Hall of Fame. All right, yeah, that's probably part of it. But also the other part is I think people are, are remembering those years and they're thinking, hey, that was something really special, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's I'm, something we may not see again. Yeah, but I'm just saying that as an athlete who was here, that seems like he's one of those guys that, you know, people just didn't think. And I always mm-hmm. think of, you know, and I'm not, Hall of Famer, but I always think of myself in that vein of, you know, how I played and I almost think about myself like almost like Manny. And the fact I'm that that dude you fell through the cracks. People like, well, you know, fell through the cracks because, you know, your jersey's retired and all that. So, you know, I'm I'm beloved, but still in that vein, I can kind of appreciate him more Mm -hmm. for who he is playing with great players and in a sense, having to take a back seat. Mm. That to me, that is that that to me is like the thing I always said. You know, myself, the first time I played against Larry was I remember giving the slow clap. There he comes, great white hope. And I remember guarding him the first time, and then the second time. And by the time I get through got through guarding him, I remember the first black guy I could get to. I went and said, "This freaking white guy can play." <laughs> But I was was just like, so you must be crazy. I'm having 19 points a game. I'm the man up in here. Ain't nobody going, you know, no slow-ass white boy going to come in and, you know, take my my shine. That ain't going to happen. And then I just had to, I had to fall in line to greatness. And that is one of the hardest things I think that some players can't do. The last shot. The big girls love that. 